The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line from the Surf Coast Times, we have the Associate Editor, James Taylor. Good morning. Good morning, Mitchell. Yeah, my understanding just of that of that of that approval by the by the by the FDA of the Food and Drug Administration in, in America um, essentially means it's now I think safe for kids, anyone anyone age sixteen and older. Yes. So, um, from, from, from what I'm reading, they they've finished a clinical trial, and it's proven to be ninety to be more than ninety percent effective in in, in, in uh, preventing COVID nineteen. So um, we've all been well, not not all of us, but some of us have been quietly, have been quite well, not so quietly turning it into our arms over the <laughs> yes. past the past year or so. Um, but now you can do it with confidence because the FDA have said, well, it's definitely it's definitely very good. So if you if you had any lingering doubts about Pfizer, um, I think I think you can, you can probably put those to rest. And I think over there they can administer it to people twelve and older, but that's under the emergency guidelines, and they're still waiting for full approval for that uh, younger age group. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. But it's certainly one of the one more. One of these things. I, I know there was some concern on that, and this is, uh, and, I, and I don't want to start opening the, the uh, rabbit hole of, of the anti-vaccine movement. But I know there was some concern right at the onset about sort of how well these things were, how well these things were tested and are and are being tested. But I think the line that's been coming out from the authorities, certainly Australia, is that well, we've got data from right around the world about about these vaccines, whether it's Pfizer or AstraZeneca or anything else. So, um, so in terms of how, so in terms of the, uh, of how efficient they are and, and, and how effective they are, um, that sort of detail sort of comes in every day. So it, it's a, it's certainly, it's certainly a learning process. Um, but hopefully, we are far enough down that chain, and, I, and I'm not sure what the total is for Australia right now. You might have to figure the hand up. I don't, but um, uh, there certainly has been a, a a bit of an uptick in vaccinations in in in. Recent times, and, it's a, and and I think I may have had this conversation with you not so long ago. That it's amazing what happens when um when there's a um when there's a lockdown. How that how that spurs people to sort of perhaps set aside the lingering doubt and and go and get their vaccination. So according to the COVID Live website, which has a lot of the stats, it says uh, seventeen yep. million people in Australia have been vaccinated. So that's a pretty that's, decent number. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure what the final I'm not sure what the final figure is. I think from the top of my head. Um, Australia's population is closer to 26 million. Um, is that 17 million people with at least one? Or so no, that's at 17 million doses. So if I just ha- doses. Yeah, have so, a look so here, yeah. um, to get to 80% uh, at two doses, it's 104 days away on the current projections. So still a fair that's while. That's pretty good, away. really. That's yeah, pretty I mean, good. It could, I mean, could be worse. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, it could of course be worse. I, mean, I think Daniel Andrews, I'm, I'm not sure if you've been following the press's religious leaders. Oh, I, I have been, yes. Of course you have. Daniel Andrews said something yesterday, and I'm not going to quote him exactly because it was one of those quotes in sex with you. So I would love everyone to be vaccinated like tomorrow. Lapsing <laughs> 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 into the, lapsing into the team vernacular there, Mr. Andrews, which I found very amusing. And he was right. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone would love to be vaccinated like tomorrow. But, um, Victoria doesn't, doesn't quite have the, um, have the uh, the uh, reserves of vaccine to do that? I mean, theoretically, you could you could be we could be pumping vaccine into people's arms twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We never close, war is open. Um, but there's just not the supply yet, so it still has to be a little bit targeted. And just having a look at this as well, it says only eleven days time until sixty percent of the population will have had one dose. And I think I also read that here in Geelong, one third of people have had both doses. So that's pretty good as well. Yeah, that's very encouraging. That's very encouraging. That's that's that's, that's great to see. It's great to, great to see the message is going out there, and great to see that people are people are doing with confidence. So I was I was a little bit 
unsure about what the reaction will be like when all those people under the age of 40, and I don't include myself in that in that category anymore, unfortunately, um, were, um, were, would, would become eligible for vaccine, how they would react. But it seems like um, there's been a rush of people heading to the... Um, Heading to the vac- to their vaccination hubs and their GPs and their pharmacies to get their um, uh, to get their jabs of vaccine. So that's that's encouraging. A, that's encouraging to see that as soon as you open the door, um, uh, the very large swath of the population who've been twiddling their thumbs, waiting, waiting for the first opportunity, uh, for whatever reason that they that they might want to get vaccinated, that, 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 that they are taking that chance. And something else Daniel Andrews mentioned in his press conference yesterday is that, is that if you make a um, if you make a booking to get your uh, COVID nineteen vaccination, please keep it. Um, mm-hmm. As I understand, there's been a um, there's been about ten thousand cancellations um, over the past uh, the past sort of uh, the past few days. So um, uh, cancellations and no shows. So um, I noticed around yesterday was stressing people shouldn't be sort of cancelling their bookings in the hopes of getting Pfizer instead of AstraZeneca, which I think is now known as um, Vaxzibri in Australia, which is a, which is the name of um, that, that they referred to that vaccine by in Europe, so I guess that's that's a bit of a standardisation. So, um, and this has been said, and, and this has been said a million times, and said by Daniel Andy just saying, no, that will be said by him in the future. Uh, the best vaccine you can get is the uh, one you can get right now. Yes, I mean that's what he said. But I can actually understand where people are coming from, and I don't necessarily condone this behaviour. But with Pfizer, uh, you can be fully vaccinated within six weeks of having the first dose. Whereas uh, I know someone that got AstraZeneca just recently; they won't be able to have the second dose until November. So I understand that's the rationale, even though it may be a big scramble. And who knows how easy it's going to be to get a Pfizer appointment once it actually lands for that younger age group. Yeah, that's where I decided. We will we 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 will have to wait and see. I mean, it's 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 hard to know how long this how long this this present lockdown we're in. I'm not sure if this is in terms of original Victoria. I'm not sure if this is lockdown seven or just lockdown six plus. Because, I'm because saying no, seven. Seven. I'm saying seven two. I'll, I'll say seven two. Let's have consistency. Let's have some, some consistency in the media at last. Let's call it lockdown <laughs> seven. Um, so I'm not sure how long it's going to last. It kind of it very much depends. I'm not sure if it's if it's we're essentially going to hold off until until we get to that. 70%, 80% people with both doses of the vaccine or whether it's or, or whether we wait for this shepherding cluster to get under control. Um, it's hard to know. Probably the advice is probably changing all the time and the, and the data's not fully in yet. Um, but more and more people getting vaccinated um, is, is can only be a good thing and, and can only make lockdown, uh, uh, the end of lockdown for, for, for regional Victoria at least come that much faster. What concerns me, is, um, and as I'm sure it concerns you as well, is having a look at the numbers for today and just how many of those people, the 50, have been actually out there in the community spreading it around. They haven't been isolated for their full infectious period. So that shows that we still have a way to go, even though Metro Melbourne's been in lockdown for a fair while now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, so the isolation means isolation. I know, I know I haven't been through it myself, so I can't speak from experience. I, I don't know anyone. As far as I know, I don't know anyone that has that's been through that's been through isolation. Although, if I asked around, I'm, I, I'm probably sure I could find somebody. Um, I appreciate how tough it is, but isolation means stay in your house and don't go anywhere until at least day 14 when you're when you're tested for the second time. And I understand um, there were a large uh, proportion of the of the of the number of the people in the in the latest outbreak from the, from the school community whose 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 name I can't pronounce. And I'm not going to attempt it for in fear of getting it horribly wrong. Who were who, who who tested negative early on on like day three or day four and then and day thirteen they they tested positive which goes to show the goes to show the value of keeping people in quarantine for those two weeks to to make absolutely sure that they don't actually have the virus.
And I'm also just concerned, I've been following this through the morning, that uh, Karaya Village has had a positive exposure there on Saturday. But uh, so far, when I last checked, and I may check again, um, it hasn't actually been listed as a an exposure site on the coronavirus.vic.gov.au website. So yep. it just suggests maybe that they're very busy there and haven't had the opportunity to update it as yet, or there's a number of exposure sites they've got to work through. But we really need to get that information out to the community as quickly as possible. Absolutely, and, and 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 no doubt, and hopefully, if there's if there's going to be exposure sites to someone someone down down this way it, it, in the Geelong region, there might well be um, a mention of the of that in the presser. I haven't seen a time of the press yet this morning. Mitchell, have you? Uh, yes, I have seen it. Um, and good news, it's actually now on the website. So thank goodness for that. It's just been added presumably in the last fifteen minutes. But yeah, I did see some of the other rival press outlets uh, mentioning that there was an exposure site. So um, at least it's slowly starting to get out there. And I know people on social media now are quite good at um, spreading the message through all sorts of different channels. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's amazing. It's, uh, this is this is sort of the the, the uh, benefit and the uh, the uh, downfall of social media platforms like Twitter and so on. That information can spread very very fast. Uh, sometimes, if it's if it's good information, that's good. Uh, but if it's but if it's not good information, then that's the, then that's not good. So hopefully, people are sharing in good faith and sharing with uh, with a little bit of verification before they do that. Um, I seem to recall the case of a. Um, of a journalist whose 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 name I forget, and I'm, and I'm not going to and I'm not going to name even if I do remember it, who mentioned something about a police helicopter hovering over a playground in Melbourne, yes, uh, ordering ordering children to go home, and it turned and Vic Pole hopped on the Twitter not after that saying, um, actually that that never happened. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly right. That's Twitter for you, isn't it? You've got to make sure you yeah. check and check again before you exactly. uh, believe everything on there. Um, just in terms of how the surf coast is coping, how are things going down there? Because it seems like every time we talk to you, there's a different policy setting. I think uh, four weeks ago we were in lockdown, and two mm-hmm. weeks ago we were coming out of lockdown when we spoke to you. And now today, here we are in lockdown once again. So it's very different to last year. Last year, I think the policy setting seemed to lock in for a lot longer. Yeah, you know, we're to those stage three restrictions in regional Victoria for a long time, whereas here it's changing by the week now. Well, that's right. That's right. I guess this is a, this is a reflection, I guess, of the policy. And I guess we should be all be we should all be grateful for that. But this is the policy that it's not it's not a standardised one size fits all lockdown across the state. Because I know this is something that the business community, especially, had extreme issues with in terms of why why should some cases in Melbourne affect a, a business in Torquay or in Lorna or Apollo Bay or would you see or anywhere else outside of the metropolitan uh, Melbourne area. Um, I duck, I, I'm, I'm working from home for the minute. Uh, I ducked in and out of the office very, very quickly this morning and it was very quiet on the streets. Um, so I'm not sure if there's a... I, I couldn't say... That, I, I wouldn't say just, just on the observation that there's, there's been a massive influx of people sort of heading down the heading down the highway to sort of camp out in, in Torquay or Lord Anglesey or, or their holiday houses anywhere else. I don't think that's happened. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think hopefully everyone has by now hopefully got the message that when when they say stay at home, that means stay at home, not not very quickly head to your holiday home and then and then stay there. Mm. Um, what else is happening down there, uh, and how's Surf Coast Shire going? Because we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the big decisions that they're making. Any mm-hmm. progress? Oh well, they're, they're all still they're all still sort of chugging their way for the various things. There's a council meeting on on tonight, as I believe. So it kicks off on obviously not in person, kicks off on Zoom, I believe, about six o'clock. 
there'll probably all be everyone, all of the councils will probably be working from home too. But I, I don't see the point of them all going into the council chamber and then broadcasting it from there. That's, pro- that's, prob- that's probably against the rules. Um, I think it is, one, yes. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the, one of the items on the, one of the items on the, on the agenda that caught my eye, that, that caught my eye this time, uh, or that's going to be decided about is the, um, is, is a response to a, a, a petition that was lodged, uh, I think in July for the Shire to complete maintenance and reopen the Winchelsea Leisure Time Centre, which I think has been closed since May. They've been having they've, they've been having issues with their floorboards, and they've been having issues with their floorboards since I think about 2017. It's a, it's one of those it's one of those ongoing problems that's that's been that's proven um, very hard to fix. Now I think this petition asked for the Surf Coast Shire to uh, to just go ahead and fix the problem, but the Shire's response has been well. We can't really do that as it's not really our facility. The land is owned. Uh, the land is owned by the Department of Education, and it's sitting on the grounds of the Winchelsea Primary School. So, that, so there's so, so there's not much we can do. Plus, there's an agreement um, that exists between the Department of Education and Training and the Surf Coast Shire and the school in terms of in terms of who pays for the maintenance itself. I think it's something like a seventy thirty split between the uh, 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 between the council and the school. But but this agreement is due to expire in in December. So whether the so whether the council will will make make some kind of decision now or whether they will wait until December to sort of to sort of to, to basically to essentially renew the agreement and possibly change the terms of it, it's sort of, that's an open question at this point. And something to leave us with what's coming up in the paper this week. Yeah, I had a, I had a long and fascinating chat with um with Torquay resident Olive Mawson who turned one hundred on Sunday. She she wow. and this is and this is after the fact, so I can probably I can probably mention this on there. She she was all her family were all set to give her a surprise party on Sunday at Bomboras. Uh, but unfortunately that didn't happen because you know, because because the lockdown kicked in at Hey, sorry, I should get this right. The lockdown was announced at eleven AM on Saturday and kicked in two hours later. Yeah. So, so there was so all of the so everyone's everyone's clever plans for the weekend were quickly thrown were, were quickly thrown into disarray. With that, and that includes surprise birthday parties for one hundred year olds. Olive, Olive, Olive is Olive was was a fantastic interview. She was she was she was great to chat to. Um, and I and uh, readers can learn all about that in, um, in Thursday's edition. And also, and also, just speaking of things that that probably won't end up, that probably won't end up in our newspaper. Uh, but so I've just I've just seen something that's landed in our um, it, 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 in my inbox from the AFL that states the AFL and the Tasmanian state government have agreed that a position for a Tasmania license will, will be put to the club presidents of the AFL next year. Um, so that's the latest development in the long and ongoing push for Tasmania to have its own footy team. Well, who would have thought you'd have football finals in Tasmania and yet here we are, so anything's possible now? That's right, yeah. I, I, uh, the Cats are off to uh, off to Adelaide on Friday to play for Adelaide, I believe. That's after the, correct. Um, Big after game. The roll, after the roller coaster that was uh, last week. I'm, I'm calling it a roller coaster because I'm not sure what else to call it. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they can, hopefully they can get the job done and um, and uh, have the week off and then and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Thanks for being on the program and uh, talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks, Mitchell. Thank you, James Taylor. They're the associate editor of the Surf Coast Times. I wonder what they did for the hundreds, uh, the one hundred year old surprise birthday that got cancelled due to lockdown. Did they uh, surprise, surprise, turn it into one big Zoom meeting, or I wonder if they've just postponed it and will hopefully get the opportunity to revisit sooner rather than later. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.